0: Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. Max Effort Kitchen. I'm your host, Chef Matt, and I got my host, my co-host, not my host, my co-host, same thing, right? Uh, Mr. Cornell George. How you doing tonight, buddy?
1: I'm doing good, but since this is the chef and the athlete, yes, I feel like you should be in the kitchen because I'm in my gym.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I was lifting, when I was lifting today, I was like, you know, we've never really gone into the idea of that name, And the whole point of it was like, you know, I'm, uh, food is first for me and, uh, weightlifting is second. And then for you, uh, weightlifting is first and food is second. And like what you do in the kitchen mimics what people that like to cook food do. And so I was like, well, it's the athlete and the chef and it constantly intertwines. And there was actually one person on our first episode, they sent a comment to me and they were like, the funny thing about your guys' name is you guys both cook and you guys are both athletes. And I was like, hey, someone got it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I do need to be, <laughs> I need to be in a kitchen. We. It, it's funny you say that because we, uh, Alana and I are actually, uh, you know, we've been saving for a house and we've gone back and forth with how we want to do it, if we want to build or whatever, but we found ourselves in a couple open houses uh, this weekend and we we toured this house. It was like a five bedroom and one of the a five bedroom with a mother-in-law suite and the mother-in-law suite had a kitchen in it. And i the first thing I said was that's my podcast studio <laughs> it has a kitchen in it. Right. Like I could, I would love that,
1: but no, that would be great. You could shoot videos. You could do yeah. all kinds of stuff in there.
0: Well, that's, that's kind of the downside of what I have now is like my kitchen is just not really shoot worthy. And it's just weird in space. And so I'm like, well, I, at one time I was like, oh, maybe I'll go rent like an Airbnb and do like a couple shoots in there just to get my money's worth. But then, yeah, that's just so damn time consuming. So I'm, that's on the back burner, but it's, it's always, always an opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, All right, Matt. Like, how was your weekend, dude? You had a, a really eventful weekend and I, we've, we've talked a little bit about it, but I'd love to hear more.
1: All right. Yeah. So the gym I'm a part of, it's called the Strength Tank.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, they put on their first meet, uh, the finest city open. I'm, I'm wearing the shirt right now. Yeah. It's sick. It? And we're down in San Diego. It's a pretty cool, like aqua blue with hot pink letters. Yeah. And so it all started with, I mean, the weekend started Friday. Got off work a little bit earlier early. I was trying to get down there early and at two o'clock I'm already getting texts like, Hey, when are you coming down? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, on my, "I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get there by three and I'm going to get there early. Love it. Um, got down there, did a little bit of lifting. Uh, they shut down at six thirty, and then literally like so many awesome volunteers all pitched in, got together and put this place together in like two hours.
0: That's awesome.
1: And pretty much, Hung out till about nine thirty or ten o'clock. Then I went home, straight to bed. Woke <laughs> up. I said to myself, "Okay, weigh Wayne, start at six a.m. I'm not needed there until eight. Right. Whenever I wake up naturally, I'll just get up. I'll, I'll I won't rush. I won't do anything like that, and um, I'll get there when I get there." So I was there at five thirty in the morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, that's that's so difficult too. I'm the same way. I'm like, ah, I'll roll out of bed, I'll cruise, and then it's like, nope, first person there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So one of the other cool parts is I'm a part of a uh, how do I say this without offending anybody?
0: Amateur coffee group of guys. Oh, that's uh, you could totally say that name because it's their name, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah.
1: Uh, it's called the Brown Boy Coffee Group. I love it. And I jokingly say that I'm the cream in the Brown Boys Coffee because I'm the white guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Sorry. But my buddy Neil, it was, he wanted to do a pop-up at the, at the event. So he asked me to bring my machine. I've got a Breville. He has the same thing. And he was making coffee the entire competition. Uh, I think he said he did 175 cups.
0: Wow. On on yeah. on the two machines. Like he was actually pulling shots. I mean, was he making things to so order or is it was American? He was making
1: things to order. He had all kinds of things you options, salted caramel latte, uh this uh, I forgot, like Norwegian spice something latte. Then he did pour overs and then there was a cold brew set up wow. there. So, uh there was Quite the quite the spread. That's um, solid. So I, I was I was the first one or not the first one there, but I got there before him. Got my coffee maker all set up for him, and uh, yeah, everyone started kind of rolling in. And I've been I'm just looking at the my little medals on the wall. I think I counted it out once. I, I've done like thirty five or forty meets. Okay. And the first meet I ever did was at a gym called CrossFit Mm Fortius, And that is actually the gym that is – the silent partner is part of Strength Tank. So we share one wall. Okay. And we share bathrooms. But we're not – it's very obvious that it's two different gyms.
0: Okay. Like two separate entities type thing?
1: Yes. So – where the our gym is the strength tank, we have I think twelve or fourteen platforms. Okay. So that ended up being the the warm-up area. And then we had connected TVs everywhere, screens on both sides of the gym. And then the actual platform was in the other in the CrossFit side.
0: Oh. That's what so, you were talking about when I remember you talking about like the walk. How you guys like mapped yeah. out the walk.
1: So we, if we went through the not through the bathrooms, but through the hallway where the bathroom is, it was about 80 feet from okay. the room to the platform. So we ended up going out the front door, had it all roped off, and it was only 30 feet from oh, nice. the, the warm-up room to the platform. Nice. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I talked with Jesse. He's one of the owners, and he said he's, he's put on over 25 meets, and this was the smoothest meet he's ever done. So many people were volunteering. Everyone was happy to be there. Uh, it was it was awesome. There was three sessions in the morning. Uh, the women went first, and then three sessions in the evening. The goal was to be done uh, before nine thirty. The last bar dropped at nine fifteen. Oh wow! So, I mean, that's and by, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, by ten thirty, the whole place was completely cleaned up and ready for business the next day.
0: That, I mean. I I don't think it could go any better than that. Like, I mean, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with Joe Beck. And and one of the things that he says is the absolute hardest thing to do is get volunteers there. You guys seem to have a lot of volunteers. I mean, if you're running a schedule that tight,
1: we had a lot of volunteers, but we also had really great volunteers. That's cool. People who are, a lot of the people worked every single session. Yeah. Nobody complained. Big biggest complaint was my butts numb from sitting down. <laughs> um, card table people, Fun. the announcers, the judges. It was it was pretty great.
0: Any technical difficulties?
1: Not really. I think it, for one session, for three lifts, they had to switch to flags. Yeah, and then one coach. I'm not gonna say who it is because you may know him. <laughs> you do, yeah his his team he had two lifters in the same session and accidentally put the wrong number on a card. <laughs> so the wrong lifter had to go up. So instead of going from like I think one twelve to one twenty, they went one twelve to like one thirty
0: something. <laughs> Whoa. You might, might might have some huevos there, right?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so that's cool. Well, I mean, you, you got to be satisfied when you walk away from a, a one-day comp that ends 15 minutes early. I mean, most local comps are pretty. I don't know. I guess the ones that I've been to are pretty. Um, they they work all right, but like, there's always like something going on that something has to switch or somebody's getting yelled at or like. But it sounds like this one was. Just like full on, like good vibes. Everybody's lifting, having a good time. And uh, a lot of people were there too. That's cool.
1: Yeah, it was great. Um, It's hard to say, like, yes, this was a local comp. Yeah. But that can have so many different meanings. You're right. Um, Yeah. I've been to, this was much more comparable, I would say. I'm really lucky where I'm at is the majority of quote unquote local comps are comparable to like state championships. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's going to be a hundred plus people. So some of the, one of the meets I signed up for in July is going to be 150. It's two days, Dang. Uh big sponsors. Like it's, it's run. There's live streams. There's commentators on the live streams. And then I've been to other meets where there's six guys and, eight women. Wow. And it's still, they're both considered local meets. So it's kind of hard to put certain ones that are this, that go this well and this big in the same uh, bracket.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, it was a sanctioned meet and everything. And like, it it sounds like from everything I've heard with uh, the strength tank is that like, it's just, it's really built on the people that are showing up in the community and just like everybody seems to want to be there. And that, I mean, that's a huge thing right there alone. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's cool, man. You know, you do. I've, I remember going down there last year and, and it was just like, you kind of, cause we don't have this up here. We have maybe one and a half, I'm going to say one and a half, uh, actual weightlifting gyms. The rest are just in a CrossFit gym or, you know, you just find space somewhere. But like you have a handful of really good gyms around you and it's pretty cool. It was like, it was almost like, I'm like, man, I, how, what would this even be like to be a part of this? Because I think we've talked about this before, you know, I've always lifted in CrossFit gyms or my garage. And so I don't understand necessarily the full on nothing but weightlifting gym. And that's a mentality I really strive to be a part of.
1: Yeah, I've been real lucky with every gym that I've been a part of. The the weightlifting and the CrossFit, there, there's always been CrossFit very close, but it's, it's very much like separate. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing for a community, but for weightlifting, I think it's really good. Yeah. Community meaning like gym owner wanting everyone to be inter- intertwined and inter- involved, but I think that the way that this gym is set up is it, it is two gyms; they're just sharing bathrooms. Yeah, um, um, and it's not the people on the CrossFit side aren't looking at the weightlifters and just like sticking their nose up at them, and vice yeah. versa. The the weightlifters aren't looking at the CrossFitters. Like we actually, the the location this gym is at, there are like. Four four gyms in the shopping center.
0: Oh wow. Um okay. There's a
1: Metro Flex, so if you want to get steroids, that's where you go, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> there is a giant jiu jitsu gym. Cool. And they have a full rig and kilo plates and everything set up in there as well. And oh, then geez. there's the CrossFit and then there's the best one, which is Strength, strength tank.
0: tank. Yep that's really cool that i mean <laughs> yeah we don't have anything like that up here so i don't even know what yeah. to think about that i am <laughs> looking forward to coming down in july and, and lifting there though that'll be fun that'll be a lot of fun anyways um dude like okay so you had coffee well did you get to eat anything fun or did you guys you guys said you guys went out talk a little bit about you had it was all you can eat sushi yes sir <laughs> How did you not walk away from that place like bloated, up um, bloated? Like, I for me, I would just be sitting there eating them, and until I like probably wanted to throw up because I love sushi. But like, how how was it? Was it good? Was it was it subpar?
1: It was exactly what you just said. I continued eating until I was ready to explode. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's probably the best sushi I've ever had. Okay. They did stuff to it that I've never. I don't know what kind of chemicals they're pouring on this stuff <laughs> to make it taste that way. But yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the other shocking things was I feel like most of the time if I go out to sushi, it, it takes 10, 15 minutes for your order to come in. Yeah. This is like a minute and a half to three minutes depending on how much you ordered. That's nuts. It was just like they just kept bringing it.
0: <laughs> no. So. I mean, were they – did you got they pre-order or was it like you guys were just ordering no. and wow. –
1: it was, everything was done on a iPad. Okay. So the second she would touch what we wanted, yeah, one of the chefs would start making it. Wow. And then it was pretty much, she would walk over and then go get it and bring it back. Interesting. And it was just there. I think I counted about 20 different guys making sushi. Yeah. Um, but it was a big restaurant, probably three plus thousand square feet. So.
0: Wow, that's that's intense for a... Because, you know, you, generally, a sushi restaurant is going to be somewhere... I mean, it's a smaller, usually a smaller space in most cases. But, um, man, that's cool. That sounds really... Uh, <laughs> makes me want sushi, actually, right now. Um, I didn't actually go out to dinner, but I definitely... Uh, I cooked some fun things I'm playing around with. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about this yet, but I'm playing around with bagels and I'm learning how to make bagels and, um, just the whole process of boiling the bagel and then let it sit overnight and then, um, baking it off and the seasonings and how, um, how the air bubbles form within the bagel and how you don't want them to necessarily get too big. And so you got to work the dough. It's just the, the science behind, um, Bagels are intense. I mean, it's a labor of love, but I'll tell you, I got one really good one and (laughs) it was like, okay, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good segue into like what I kind of wanted to talk about, which is, um, you know, like tracking your data within consistent training. Um, and like, and I use this in the kitchen a lot where I actually have, uh, I have a journal, type thing that I just sit there. And when I'm working on a recipe, I'm making notes as I go, and I'm making notes and making notes. Okay, I put, you know, a teaspoon of, uh, you know, baking powder here. On um, the next one, I did like a, a maybe two teaspoons to see what, what the leavening would happen. And I find that when i 'm revisiting those things, like I, lo- I go to my little book and I start looking through it, and i 'm like, okay that's what I did that this time i 'm going to change this, this, and this up now, when it comes to training <laughs> we've been we've been going back and forth the past couple of days about something i 've been doing, which is tracking my misses and my miss my missed lifts within my week of training and I don't know if this is having, what kind of effect this is going to have. I I don't know if it's going to be a good thing, but I want you to talk a little bit about what your take is on like the tracking and the data and like talk about that a little bit, because for me, it's the way my brain works, right? It's just being able to have something tangible to look at. Like, this is how I did, but what I'm noticing, (laughs) okay, is that, um, there's no consistency <laughs> of the data <laughs> quite yet. Maybe I just need to go a little longer, but what, what, what's your thoughts okay. on that?
1: Well, it's real funny that we've been talking about this. Did you, by chance, happen to open up Instagram and see the last 30 minutes of anything I posted?
0: Um, no, I
1: haven't looked at Instagram in about an hour. Okay, let me actually... I think I can do this with the... Microphone, Okay. So my buddy, Jordan Genta, he's a chiropractor up in the Bay area. Uh, super knowledgeable, super respect the guy. Um, he just posted something. Okay. And let me see if I can make this make noise. <laughs> be missing lifts
0: in training. The goal should be to go through entire phases of training without missing a single lift. If we get into the rut of missing two to three or even more
1: lifts per session, we're starting to practice bad practice and that's how we start to build mental blocks around specific weights and we start to train movement patterns that aren't going to be conducive to lifting more weight over time. So if your program is requiring you to lift weights that you can't lift, then we need to look into what we're doing that's preventing us from being successful in our training. You should not be missing lifts.
0: I don't know if you could hear that. I, yeah, no, I heard everything and that I, I loved everything about that. So
1: if, I actually pulled the audio, not that it's hard. Right. You can save it and
0: yeah. Then totally.
1: I made a reel of my lifting today. Okay. And I put the program I'm following is one of the ones that the strength tank is offering. Mm-hmm. And the goal is like it it depends your philosophy on how programming should be. Right. I I put in the caption that it's taken I've been in the sport for almost a decade and it's taken until about six months ago that I was able to check my ego at the door know that I can lift bigger weights than the li- weights I'm lifting right now but I don't want to miss anything so that I can lift bigger weights when it's time to lift those big weights okay um I think there's too many people that are chasing the the big weight for the day and they don't care how many misses they have as long as they make that
0: lift okay i think um i'm i'm 100 right we we all we've known people that have done this we've seen it happen we've talked about it a million times but um i think it needs to be talked about more to be honest with you because um what he said was that i actually wrote it down was mental block and when you have someone like myself that is very um, analytical to the point where I'm, I want to see the data, right? I want to see how I'm performing because I can feel how I'm performing and what I see on screen is two different things. It's like, the, it's like when you, know, you go under there and you, I, I do a 400-pound squat and I'm like, that hurt my soul, but then I watch it on film and I'm like, it looked like I was just fucking eating a piece of cake. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. it didn't look like nothing. So the, the, I, I like to try to see data to see what's going on, but he talks about the mental block. And I think that that could really hurt someone like me. If I'm sitting there saying, Oh, I got, you know, six misses in my head. I know where those misses were, you know? So what's going to stop me from actually, um, or what's, wh- how am I actually going to make those lifts, right? You know, I got to get out of that mental block. And so to it's my question to you is that if someone is going through this mental block or if someone is missing a bunch of, say, say they're missing their top lifts. Say, um, for instance, uh, someone has uh, a five by one at 90% of their lifts or 90% of their one rep max. And they list, they, they miss all five of them. Okay? okay. Do you look at it as like, okay, this is just a bad day. Or do you look at it as like, okay, I need to, I need to check my numbers and I need to base my percentages off of more realistic numbers.
1: All right. <laughs> Here's my question. And I'm sure we're not talking about anyone's program in particular. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not at all. <laughs>
1: um, if you've got five by one at ninety percent, what have the last six weeks been leading up to that? Yeah because if you're expected to hit if if your coach or your program expects you to to hit five sets of one at ninety percent, they're expecting you to be able able and capable of doing that without missing right. So, what have what has led up to slash what have they done to get you to the position that you are in that condition to make those lifts? I love that um I think that's a real big thing where it's it's not about what you can hit that day it's a it's a it's a it compounds on top of each other. um I like the whole pyramid, not pyramid scheme, but the pyramid idea where. Um, if you're – I don't know the correct shape of the triangles, but if if you're in a – a triangle can only be like keeping the same angles mm-hmm. like of the, the top. Yeah. The only way it can go up is if the base is bigger. Correct. That's the only way it can be taller. Yeah. So if you're not building that base, you're not going to be able to peak as high as you can. Okay. So if if you're jumping into a program – that doesn't have purization, it doesn't have a plan, it doesn't have a a way to get you to these top numbers, yep. then it's not – honestly, it's not on you. It's on, it's on your coach. It's on your – or it's on the program that you're – it's not thought out. It's not planned. It's not – there's not a real – like, this isn't Disneyland. We're not just doing lifts <laughs> to have fun. Yes. Like, I've talked about it like a, a good program – Versus a let's just say Bulgarian, because that's one that everybody dreams of doing and talks about, and it's right. like this holy grail of programs where a Bulgarian program is going to an amusement park. Yeah, it's like I'm going to try this, and now I'm going to try that, and it's everything just seems real fun, but you're not building any skill. You're just you're just going for it and seeing what happens. Right. Compared to, let's say you're like let's say you you go you have a week vacation and you're going to go, go to Disneyland for a week. What skills have you learned? Realistically, not much. Yeah. No, you, you're eventually going to get sick of doing the same thing over and over. And if you're doing Bulgarian, you're going to get sick of missing and missing and missing. Yeah. Compared to you've got a week in Utah, like snowboarding or skiing. Right. At the end of the week, your skill has skyrocketed because you have a week of getting better at honing your skill. And that's how a program should be, where it's building on top of building. Um, I spent uh, over two decades snowboarding. Yeah. I wasn't hitting those monster jumps the first time I went out. But after five, six years, there wasn't a jump I was scared to hit. Right. And I think that that's so much what programming is. So if you're expected to hit 90% for five singles – um, what did you do to get there?
0: Yeah. See, and that's the question right there because, um, I asked you a question of like, Oh, should I just change my numbers? But what you did is you reverted it back to actual programming and someone that is out there just kind of like, Oh, I'm going to lift weights. I don't, you know, I don't have a program and I am just having fun doing this. Um, I guess that person probably shouldn't care too much about what they're missing and what they're making. And if they want to just get out there and lift, but um, if you have the right program, it's going to, but wait, basically what you're saying is if you have the right program, it's going to build you to be able to do the 90% five singles. Because yeah, it, if you don't, if you don't have that program building up, then you, you ain't going to be able to do it. It just ain't going to happen. Yeah, I, I did. I did
1: I was writing some stuff a couple of years ago where I was taking kind of what my team was doing and I was trying to make it actually fit me better. Yeah. So instead of me pushing every single week, I did this for about 4 months I would I would hold back and I was like I want to make every single rep look the same. And if there was uh like a 10 minute EMOM, instead of doing 10 minutes going up every weight, I just picked a weight and I just hit them all. Yep. And I remember I ended up doing – my one rep was around 140. Okay. So 90% of 140 is 126, I believe. Yep. I hit a 20-minute EMOM at 125. I did not miss one. That's awesome. Like – and guess what happened about (laughs) a couple weeks later? Lots and lots of PRs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Like –
1: that's after that I snatched forty five. A couple months later I snatched forty seven. About six months later I snatched fifty. That's not. That's not just me going out there and being stoked because I hit ninety. If you can hit ninety percent every single day, you are so like. That's that might be your ninety percent, but you're never gonna hit hundred one percent. Interesting. Like ninety, in my opinion, ninety percent. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't really be hitting that more than a couple weeks in a row,
0: yeah,
1: um, for a day. Like maybe you hit that, let's say week six, seven, and then eight, you deload and then you compete on week nine. Then you're really capable of pushing that hundred. Then you're gonna open at ninety three, ninety five percent. Then go ninety eight, then go one hundred and one to one hundred and four percent. Right, like that's that's what the goal is. The goal isn't to hit ninety percent. I hear so many people just keep talking about oh you gotta raise your you gotta get consistent with your minimums if you want to raise your maximums. And then they're like yeah my minimum is uh, let's say one hundred and twenty kilos. I can hit it. I hit it every day. It's like that's not a a minimum. That's a maximum. That's the max you can hit. Yeah. The minimum is what are you hitting? Without trying, what are you hitting in complexes? What are you hitting when you are exhausted? What are you hitting, like, in my opinion, a minimum, for me, a minimum right now is 130 kilos, I can hit that any day of the week. I don't hit it every day of the week. I can hit it for a power. I can hit it for five plus one. I did that a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I can hit it for three position snatch. I can hit it for... Any, I can hit it for deficit work. I can hit it for everything. That's what I would consider a minimum. And uh, it's not the minimum that I'm hitting every day, but it's what I can do realistically all of my movements in.
0: that's And and I think what everything just kind of came full circle as you were just talking there, what you're talking about is growing the base of that triangle before you start climbing the triangle. Like Get that triangle base as big as possible. And then go out and max out and that's where you build that first layer and then go back down to your base, grow Mm -hmm. it some more, and then build another layer on the side. It it makes complete sense. And I wish I could show you my whiteboard, but I have a triangle there and it's (laughs) very similar to what you were just talking. Um, I know that I built that triangle based off of conversations you and I have had. So um, it's, I, I, I like what you said with the minimum because uh, I equate it to with the the squat every day. When you're, you know, one one of the things that I've always always heard you say is like people um, when they're doing the squat every day, they pick a number that they think is their minimum, but it's their actual, it's their maximum. And <laughs> so like I, I so when I remember when I was doing it, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to squat every day. I'm going to pick. I know I can hit one. I know what I can hit cold. That's my minimum. And I could go out and I could hit 130 kilos cold. I, did, I could maybe take one to two warm up sets into it and then hit it, and it would be fine. I could call it a squat for the day and, and move on. Um, I I don't know. I, I think I, I I am I am such a thinker. I overthink training a lot, <laughs> and I think that there might be a lot of people like me out there that sit there and overthink and overthink and overthink. Um, so I think if you're going to take anything from this conversation, people like get a good program. <laughs> like find the program yeah. that works for you.
1: And it's not what's the most fun program. Correct. It's like it fun is, like I said, fun is Disneyland.
0: Yeah. Fun is vacation. Have you ever been successful <laughs> off of doing something fun all the time? It just yeah. doesn't happen. You need hard work. You need shit. That's going to, that's going to break you down. That's going to make you learn. And um, I can only speak for myself on this one. Um, but I learned the best from my mistakes and like today was a good mistake to make and to get me to realize like, a, I need to get out there and find a program, Cornell. (laughs) (laughs) I've been, I've been playing around with a bunch of stuff. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'll start writing my own, but I, I'm not, I don't have a comp on the books. So, and that, that's another thing I want to, I want to get your opinion on is like, talk to me about like, or talk to everybody about like, competitions if you're a competitive athlete should there be a minimum of competitions you do a year or should you just like like could somebody do say well I'll do like two to three a year and, and that that's fun or does it just depend on the athlete
1: I think in the beginning of a competitive weightlifters career they should do as many as they can yeah because okay. lifting on a competition platform is not at all what lifting at your home gym on your home turf is. Correct. Even if even if that competition's at your home gym. Oh,
0: I know. Yes. Very good point. <laughs>
1: um, you're not you're no longer lifting when you want to lift. You're not lifting on the bar you want to lift on. You're not lifting mm-hmm. in your corner, looking at your wall that you like to lift at with <laughs> your visual cue point that you look at. Yeah. You're lifting in front of someone who's staring at you with glazed over eyes exhausted from judging all day <laughs> and they just want to see a lift they just want it to be over they want you to they want everyone to make every lift so there's no repeats <laughs> and there's no 2 minute clocks and yeah like that's that's what they want and yeah. everyone else just wants to see big lifts and made lifts and nobody wants to see misses right, right. and there's something different about having to warm up on a on a clock and having to pivot as needed and having people walk by and learning to not be distracted. And like, it's totally different. Um, I would say once you've been in this, once you've hit 15, 20 meets and you've, and you've bombed out, you got to bomb out. Yep.
0: I (laughs) I do agree with that.
1: Um, I've only bombed out once, but like I said, I'll try anything once and it doesn't mean I want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But I think that there is – you have to get that bomb out, out of the way yeah. um, to know that like, hey, you survived. You went then and did another meet and you didn't bomb out and,
0: and it's fun. Yeah. I think um, – I, I know my bomb out meet, I, I learned a ton. I learned about not cutting. I learned about getting to a weight class that I, that I sit in comfortably and, and that I work well in. Um, I learned about um, listening to, uh, to people or, that I <laughs> I learned just and don't be a sheep and do, do what feels right, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's an interesting thing because, um, like you said, I think everybody needs to go through it everybody, it's like, like a notch that you just need to kind of go through because you learn so much from that bomb out. And it also builds that scar tissue over where you're like, I never want to fucking do that again. Like I never want to see that happen again. And I will do everything I possibly can to make sure that, and I think that right there, that feeling of a bomb out is enough to look at what you're doing, you know, on your own platform and make it precise and make it Uh, make it thoughtful and put goals down and just get out there and do the work. Stop trying to, you know, I think my, my over analyzing of things may come off like, Oh, I'm trying to like get around certain things, but I'm just an overthinker for me. I would rather put in the hard work than actually try to um, find the easy way out. (laughs) Um, But I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, Oh, how can I get, you know, how can I get that next PR? And Um, I'm here to tell you five years in that I am still a rookie and I still have those problems and I still drive forward with my lifts because I love the sport. I love it. Yeah. No, I,
1: this is a little uh, circling back, but uh, I, I had a conversation with an old coach and I was concerned about certain people's, mentality of how they were lifting yeah and the amount of misses that they were having and the amount of days in a row that they people some some people were missing 15 to 23 times and then they would make it and then they thought they were victorious right and i'm not saying that i haven't done that but i wasn't doing it weekly no or daily no. i've done it once once in my life i have i made 28 attempts I made it on the 24th, and then I went up and I made <laughs> and then I went for three or four more heavier. <laughs> I did that one time. That was not a regular occurrence. Right. So I was talking to the coach and I was like, hey, I think I think you should talk to this person. They're gonna get hurt. They're gonna it's it's they're not gonna get better doing this. And the coach said, Hey, they're never gonna go anywhere in this sport. Oh. This is what they're doing for fun. This is what they think. This is how they enjoy doing it. So I'm just going to let them do whatever they want. I'm not going to correct them. I'm not going to scold them. I'm not going to do any of that. And in my opinion, I was like, you don't want to confront them because you don't want them to quit. Yeah. You want the money. And the whole time in my head is I'm like, okay, sure. You can have fun chasing those weights. You know it's way more fun? Hitting PRs. Yeah. Lifting more weights. Yep. Turning your old one rep into your not even your last warm-up. Right. So
0: it's, uh, I hear that. And it's so disappointing to hear because we've talked about this uh, a couple of shows ago about the responsibility of a coach to like put you in the right direction. And there's so much talk out, out there about being loyal to a coach and being, and, and, you know, not team hopping or whatever you want to call it, but, like, if you have a coach that has that outlook on you and is not at least telling you the way they feel, then that's irresponsible, in my opinion. I, I just, that's so disappointing to hear. And uh, I, I, you know, I, whatever, I, there's not much else I can say about that, but it's just, uh, I feel for the, those people that, that have a coach that are like this, like that.
1: Yeah. Like, my opinion is let's say they're not going to win AO something. Or they're not going to win Masters Nationals. They're not, whatever. They're going to have way more fun chasing down 110 kilo snatch instead of chasing 100 yeah. or chasing that 120. Yeah. Instead of like hitting that 100 one time and then always like only being able to work back up to 92, 93 and never hitting that those NUX numbers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really disappointing. And I just um, you know, if you're hearing this and like maybe you're like, "Oh man, that's ah, I have gone through situations like that or you see that going through or see a friend going through like just say something." Um and oh, you know, you're only one person, but like if if you don't speak up and tell the person what, you know, how you feel about it, it's just it I just find it as someone who teaches a lot of people things, I like to see people succeed. I like to see um somebody I like to see that moment where something clicks because that warms my heart and tells me that I'm in the right place. Um if I see somebody out there that consistently is cutting their finger in the kitchen because they're not using the right technique with the knife. I'm going to take that knife away from them and I'm going to give them a plastic knife and I'm going to tell them to cut carrots with that damn plastic knife until they figure out how to use the damn technique. And then once they've graduated past that, then we'll give them a, a, a real knife made out of steel. But like, maybe they were going to be wearing like a double cut glove. You know, there's, there's iterations of like levels that you have to take to and in order go through in order right. to get there. No, that's good. Um, in order to get to that point. And so, like, for for somebody to be, I mean, come on. We're throwing weight above our head. Um, it's, it is dangerous. I'm not going to romanticize it by any means, but it is a dangerous thing. And I think that um, it is a high level of responsibility to make sure your athletes are doing the right thing and you have the right outlook for your athletes. And... If you think you have too many athletes to be able to, uh, focus on one particular, maybe you should take a look at how many people you can actually take on yourself. I just, it's mind blowing, mind blowing to hear that. And it makes me mad and I'm going to move on. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, you know, uh, I had uh, Damon over in the gym last week and, uh we were talking about how, like, you know, well, you know, what are we going to do in weightlifting this year? Like talking about comps and stuff. And I brought up, I was like, you know what? All of us, all of our group, we should, we should find a weightlifting camp and within the next like six months to a year and then like plan on it and actually go to it and just see what we learn. Me being me, I love to learn. Right. And I love being at these camps and you and I have done a couple camps together and we we've, seeing how those camps can just ev- and like completely blow your, uh, your lifting out of the water. <laughs> What's your thought on that? Like, what what are you thinking? Like, do you think that a camp is, is worth it? Do you think like, you know, going two a day for seven days, you know, for seven days in a row or three days in a row, like, is that worth it? Or is that just kind of false hope?
1: I think camps are some of the most fun things ever. Like, If you think competing in a competition is fun, like that's nothing realistically compared to a a camp. Yeah. Uh, Especially a camp that's well thought out. That's Mm -hmm. that you're going to it's going to be basically like a miniature cycle, uh, like program cycle in three, four or five days. Yeah. Where you're not supposed to necessarily push and go hit a PR day one. Right. But you're supposed to like we're talking about with the pyramid, like you're building and you're building and, and you're building at hyper speed. Right. So um, I know that the one that the last one we did in Orr or Washington yeah. Yeah. last year, that one, it it peaked perfectly. It did. I think everyone the last day was doing amazing. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that like, yeah, you want to push it. But there's also – you can give your, your max effort without putting on max weight. Right. You can make every rep look the same. You can try – don't take for granted any of the weights that are smaller and just think like, oh, I don't have to work hard at this. It's like, no, make it perfect.
0: Yeah. And- that's that's so that's so true. Like I hit – personally, I remember I hit some numbers. I saw you hit some numbers. Like the, the camaraderie, the hype set, like – Everything is there. It's like a comp, but it's like without a without the stress, I guess you could say. The yeah. Mental stress. hmm Yeah.
1: Plus, you get to wear straps. You get to if you want to drink beer, you can drink beer after. <laughs> you could, you don't have to make weight, like all these things. And but like we haven't talked we just so everyone knows, we didn't really talk about any of this stuff. Yeah. Like there was a text that went out with a couple little topics, but a camp doesn't have to be a big formal thing. Correct. You can have four or five guys fly to someone's house. Mm -hmm. Who's got a garage gym or who has a gym that they have access to or something like that. And you can just plan out like three days. Yep. It's like everyone shows up that evening. You're going to go hit maybe like some max powers and a a heavy squat. And then the next day uh, you could go to a local gym. And then in the afternoon, come back and do some more stuff in the garage. And then the next day, go to another gym. Like you can create something that doesn't have to be official. Like a lot of, I know the master's camps are like two grand. Yeah. Like they're expensive.
0: They really are. And there's, there's a couple here in Oregon, uh, that the, one of them is, I think the catalyst one, that's not a master's one, but that's a, a, I think that's like $1,600. And then the one, there's a master's one down in Eugene that is, uh, fairly overpriced, but I'm not yeah. going to talk. I'm not gonna talk about them. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, um, I totally agree. It doesn't have to be a full on structure because I think you're still going to get what you need out of the people that are there. Um, the time you're putting under the bar, the time you're just, um, investing into weightlifting, like that one we went to, it was like, Uh, you know, we when we weren't lifting, we were like gazing off into the sunset, (laughs) or or we were watching weightlifting move movies, or we were talking weightlifting, or we were, you know, making fun videos about weightlifting. Like it was all based around weightlifting. And then, what better way to engulf yourself into this amazing freaking sport, but then to do that?
1: Yeah. And I think that there's something like I'm just, I'm just kind of making stuff up as I'm kind of seeing how it could go. But like, instead of spending 1500 bucks, two grand on a camp, get four or five friends together, pitch in 500 bucks each, go get an Airbnb somewhere with a decent sized garage. And someone shows up with the weights. Yep. Yeah. Be somewhere. Yeah. Be somewhere where it's, no nobody's on their home turf right there's lots of couches there's a big tv lots of food the the key with the camp is rest yeah so it it's not go blow your load and then be done it's like hey go go do something then rest and then to go do something else and then rest mm-hmm. and then go do something else and then go to bed and then the next day do it again but do a little bit more yeah and it is always funny i think i've been to seven camps in Mm -hmm. the last like three or four years. Mm -hmm. The last session you are done. Like (laughs) you always have to have that like, all right, Thursday at 4 PM. Yep. That's all I have to make it to. (laughs) And so true. uh, One of the last camps I was at the guy who was putting it on, he messaged everybody when we were supposed to be at the gym. Mm -hmm. And he said, Hey, running late, let's push it back an hour. And everyone was like, are you serious? This is our last session. Yeah. Like we were all just zombies dead, just literally wanting to get it over with. (laughs) So we did a little like question and answer time. And we're trying to like push back and just delay, delay, delay. Guy didn't end up showing up for an hour and a half later.
0: Wow. yeah, It's that, that's a total mental, like, I mean, because all you're doing is focusing on that last session. You're like, I need to make it to this day at this time. And yeah, there ain't no waiting on that one. (laughs) You just got to go.
1: Yeah. So we did our question and answer. And then I was finally, I was just like, hey, like, let's let's start moving. Yeah. And I didn't tell anyone to start lifting. I didn't tell anyone to do their stuff. But in my brain, I was like, I have 45 minutes and then it's over. Yeah. Yep. And I was teamed up with my buddy, Jake. Mm -hmm. And he was, I think, in the same boat as I was. And I just, I put my shoes on and I didn't say anything to him. He didn't say anything to me. I started moving the bar. Then I put it down. He came up and picked up the bar. And then we loaded 50 kilos and we were, we were moving slow, but we were moving fast. Yeah. I'm like slow, but strong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then just slowly, nobody said anything. The whole gym was quiet and everyone started like following along. Yeah. And we ended up having the biggest session of the whole camp then. Wow. And when we were done, that's when the guy who was putting it on showed up. <laughs> and he was like, he was not happy. But I was like, <laughs> you know what? You were a freaking hour and a half late. right yeah, like, so- honestly screw you
0: yeah i mean that that that's the thing where that's that's on you you know if you're late to something like that you know can't expect everybody to wait for you especially when you're at a comp like last day last session your body's ready to go and then ready to stop
1: and it wasn't his gym it wasn't his it was just his kind of idea to put this thing on yeah the gym owner was there like everybody who was needed to be there was there yeah except for the guy who wanted to to be there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like that was his problem.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that uh, what, and what you're talking about was like this, this kind of like unspoken thing where you're, everybody's like, okay, we're ready to lift. We don't want to sit here any longer. So people just start lifting and then, then it just turns into something I think. And I'm going to throw this out there when it's too um, planned and perfect. um, I don't know if you get that same organic feel, And the same kind of session, maybe you do, maybe some people have, but I think that being able to walk in a gym and be like with like-minded people and being able to sit there and you all kind of like look around and we're like, well, let's just do this. Let's go. And then it organically happens. You're going to get big lifts out of that. And I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool, man. Um, We just hit 50 minutes. God, these, shows, okay. these shows fly by. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, uh, let's see. Anything coming up? You got that comp coming up. We've already talked about that. I'm coming down to you uh, July 7th. We're going to lift yep. and have a big fun weekend. Um, what's uh, anything going on in August for you?
1: Not that I can think of. Is there, when is the next Joe Beck meet? That's,
0: uh, he said he's going to do one either September or October. He's trying to finalize the date. I mean, he okay. has one in July, but that's, that's coincides with the one you're doing.
1: Yeah. No, I want to get up there to do one of those because I think that would be, I think that would be,
0: yeah, they're fun. Total
1: blast. And they're fun to get out and do something like outside of the normal um, that I'm used to. Yeah. Um, no, that'll
0: be a good time. Um, I'll definitely keep you in the loop with that. Uh, I was just talking to him the other day about weightlifting and you know, I asked him, I said, when are you doing your next comp after, after throughout July? And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do one in the fall. And I was like, all right, cool. Let him keep me in touch on that one. So
1: I'm looking up right now. So the meet I'm doing is the 22nd of right, July. Right. And I believe you and Eric are coming the weekend of the 8th. Yes. So I might be hitting some big weights that weekend.
0: That'll be fun. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, you're going to be – yeah, you're just going to be right at that point too. That's – Heck yeah, dude. I'm excited. I'm excited to get down there. <laughs> I'm excited to see that, the, the strength tank, meet everybody. Um, that'll be a, a, a really um, a fun time. Hey, you got to tell, <laughs> I didn't even talk to you about this, but what's I'm up ready. with the Instagram page? Um, uh, it's like, <laughs> who is it? I don't know. Or Justin, that's not Justin or something like that. <laughs> Just, Justin's goats, ghost page? Yes. Strength tank? Yes.
1: All right, so Justin doesn't have Instagram. Okay. And Justin's a really good lifter. I mean, he's a new lifter, but he's he's one of those guys who he he trusts what the coaches are saying. The coaches are not being stupid and just telling him to do random things. It's it's thought out, it's methodical. It's it's got a plan and he is doing what he is being asked and and more.
0: Nice. I like that. And so you made an Instagram page for it. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start documenting this guy. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> but I'm trying to do it. He knows I'm doing it. Everybody yeah. knows it's me. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's like it's kind of like a meme page, but it's not a meme page. It's, it's <laughs> almost like a spoof page on Justin. Nice. And it's it's more like a fan page, and everyone's cracking up. And I'm the the videos are terrible. Like, Yeah, no, they're, you, they're great. I don't know what you're talking it's, about. It's, well, it started out with me like, oh, he's lifting, and I'd throw my phone up, and then he's racking the bar on the, on the rack. Like, he finished his squats, and that's when the camera turns on. And I'm like, I'm just going to roll with this.
0: I like it. I, it. I like how, like, you'll just sit there and watch him, and it'll take him, uh, I mean, a good 15, 20 seconds to notice <laughs> that you're actually filming him, and then it's just like, then it'll cut off. It's They're perfectly done. It's yeah. kind of like you're stalking him, and I love that about yep. it. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, dude, I gotta go because I gotta get the kids in bed. But man, this is uh, another great show. Um, yeah, everybody, get out there, check out you know Cornell on Instagram, the People's Master, I believe. I'm horrible with names. Um, should come up. It should come up. Yeah, you just type in Cornell George and you'll find it. Uh, Max Effort Kitchen, get out there, check me out. I'm doing all kinds of different things. <sighs> But uh, man, great show. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. All right, everybody have a good night. Thanks for listening.